Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Game Therapy, starring me, Chris. And his little sister, Steph. But mostly Chris. Because he's louder. Welcome to Game Therapy, a podcast on gaming and mental health. Okay, so today we're discussing Psychonauts 2, the much-anticipated sequel to the 2005 blockbuster. Uh, Yes, blockbuster, absolutely. Okay, maybe cult classic is a more accurate way Uh, to describe this game. I would go with that. Let's start by talking about just what the game is, the bare structure of it. It's a... what? Platformer, three uh, D platformer, old school platformer. Old school is the watchword for today. Yeah, very old school three D platformer. It's a game stuck in time. I'd say. You think that's fair? Yes, very much. Because when Chris started playing it initially, he was like, "When did they make this game?" <laughs> I feel like they made it directly after they made Psychonauts One, and have just. I don't know. I actually don't know the production history of this game, but it seems like. Maybe they finished it 10 years ago yeah, and just had put the polish their, off now. Had it in their pocket or something. I mean, that's not to say that it's not graphically modern-ish. It, yeah. Uh, it looked fine. It ran okay. I had a few crashes. I had um, a lot of loading screens. Yeah, I was really sick of the loading. We're playing on last generation. We're playing on Xbox One. Right. Um, so but, with the new with the new tech in the Xbox uh, Series X, the most confusingly named consoles mm. of all time, I didn't think it could get worse than the Wii U. Yeah, Microsoft no, made that happen. Right, but we talked, we dove right into gameplay, but we're, we didn't talk about what the game is. Okay, sorry. So it is a game specifically about like inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what the game levels are. So there's like an overworld that you run around and you collect stuff. But the main thing is the dungeons of this game are people's brains. Mm -hmm. You dive directly into their thoughts and their brains and you get to play in their mind. Right, which I think is a very natural structure for this type of game. I mean, it goes back to the granddaddy of them all. It goes back to Mario 64. Yeah, exactly. So like the paintings are people's minds. Yeah, Yeah. and you can return to people's minds to collect new things and stuff like that. But that is the base gameplay is you're a psychonaut who is a person that dives into people's brains. Right. And each brain has a particular conceit. Sometimes it's a different gameplay style. And I just I like stuff like that. Like I liked more recently that Pixar Inside Out movie. Oh, really? You like that one? I did not. Oh, well, I I just I'm a sucker for... Yeah, that visualization of emotions and the visualization of how the mind works. Yeah, I guess that's true. That it That is an interesting way to do it. That always works for me. And I think on that level, this game succeeds wildly. Every level to me was distinct. The conceit, while it wasn't always my cup of tea, like the gameplay style didn't work for me in a couple of them. But Yeah, but that was the thing. Each level was only like an hour or two. Right, it's not so much time out of your life. If you didn't like one person's mind, you were like, well, I'll be gone in an hour. Mm-hmm. What were some standouts for you? 
Um, well, I kind of liked the first one where he was, uh, gosh, Dr. Lobato. I loved the Inception reference there. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. So they wake up on the plane. Okay. Oh, They were okay. delving into his mind on the plane. Okay, was, yeah. And they'd incepted, they were trying to incept this idea that he had won the, right, <laughs> won yeah, the Employee of the Year Award. Yeah. And all they needed was his signed signature from his boss. It was clever and it worked well. Right. No, I liked that a lot too, but I personally liked the level just because it was pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. Kind of upsetting. Like they specifically at the beginning of the game, they had a warning that was like, if dentistry upsets you, then maybe don't play this game because this is the first place we're taking you. Right, right. And I really I, I enjoyed that level too. I mean, they they played around with that stretching hallway. Yeah. And just impossible rooms and stuff like that. That really worked. Right. Yeah, that was you could tell though, that was kind of like a playtest level. Mm-hmm. That yeah. they were like, We're gonna start here. Yeah. Well, it opened up, in the story, it opened up immediately following the events of the first. I mean, yeah. we're talking about right after you've like finished the, day the first after. game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is unusual. I, I kind of thought that they would move things along. Um, but uh, Well, what was your favorite level? Hmm. I really liked a lot of the levels. I really loved the, uh, the bowling ball level. Okay, yeah. In the germ in the germ filled shoe. Yeah, yeah. Where you're mani- That was one of Ford's levels. Right. And you jump atop a uh, big bowling ball and you ride it through the city in a very monkey ball esque uh, gameplay style. See that one made me really tense. It was tense. The whole time. Because, yeah, monkey balls for me is a very tense game. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh no, oh no, I've overcorrected. <laughs> Quick, jump. <laughs> that worked for me though, I and I just I loved the idea of an entire city of germs. Yeah, and that one worked. So that was one that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was tense. It was a germ apocalypse. And the tense worked for that. Right. Um, one level that I didn't like is I play in a basement where we have a surround sound system. Uh, another fourth levels was a mail room. And the whole time, there was this agonizing mail room shuffle music happening. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, this is grinding on me. Like, maybe it was supposed to be that I was supposed to feel that way, but I really did not like it. I was like, I feel like I'm being pressed in by this mailroom music. Huh. So there were moments of tension that were a little too uh, too real for you. Yeah, so I was glad to be out of the mailroom. Hmm. All right, so walk us through, we know what the mechanics are now. Walk us through, what's the story of Psychonauts 2? Psychonauts 2 picks up directly from the first game where you were playing as Rasputin Aquato, also known as Raz. And in the first game, he goes to a camp for aspiring psychonauts. Right. And Rasputin is voiced by the inimitable, I don't know the voice actor's name, but he was (laughs) Invader Zim. He was, yeah. He's a very good voice actor and very distinct. Um, so the camp in the first one, you're all playing with each other's minds. You're learning to delve into people's minds. And this one is you have made it to the brain frame and you want to become a certified psychonaut. But a lot of stuff goes wrong first. Interesting. Yes. So that's the gameplay. Um, you're surrounded by adults who are psychonauts and you do some bad stuff. You do some good stuff. But overall, you got to fix the problems. Right, and I was really impressed with the level of storytelling in this game. I had played the original. It was on the original Xbox. It's been a while. Yeah, I played the original and really enjoyed it for the story. 
and for the art style. The art style I think we should address too. So this is, so the art style, very distinct. Steph, what immediately leaps to mind when you look at Psychonauts? Tim Burton. Yeah, of course. So this is kind of the video game equivalent of Tim Burton. This is Tim Schafer of Double Fine Studios. Art style, uh, unique to games, but perhaps not unique overall. Very similar. Yeah, I noticed that in this new game, they kept all the character models extremely similar. They just added upscaled textures to them. Right. But I feel like in the original, they worked super hard to work with the engine that they had. That they weren't like stretching the boundaries of what could be possible. They weren't trying to go for photorealism, for example, and ending up with block people. And you felt like this one did? Yeah, no, I felt like it's always worked really well. Oh, right, right. I see what you're saying. That they specific, I say specifically too much, um, that in the original, they worked really hard to design their characters in a way that they would work with the video game engine and look as good as possible within that engine. Right. And in this one, they just upscaled the textures with the same ones. So it was kind of weird to go back and see these kind of like really retro character designs that you're like... They would only design this because they had 15 polygons. <laughs> That's an interesting point. I like that. But they they brought it into the modern era, for better or for worse. Yeah, I would say for better. I really enjoyed Psychonauts. I did, too. Yeah. Um, I didn't enjoy every part of it. but No. I would say, for me, in the last couple of years, this was most similar to my experience with Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. in that it was a real blast from the past. These are very similar games, actually. I mean, probably probably down to the last uh, numbered release, you know? I mean, what, Kingdom Hearts 2 was a PlayStation 2 game. This was a Xbox original game. Yeah, development hell. Yeah. And you get kind of that feeling where some of the elements are elements of old design. Right. And some of them stick, and some of them have been problematic for modern control systems right right i didn't see anything too egregious here for me i didn't see a bad control right like i wasn't fighting with the camera right that's one of the things that i find going back to old games the camera can be killer right for me the clunkiest aspect was the combat which Mm -hmm. i agree and did this bother you as much as it bothered me there must have been a better way to map your psychic abilities, don't you think? Yeah, I was constantly frustrated because there were some abilities that they want you to use all the time, like the levitation. Right, your psi blast. You really don't want to move that. Right, because so you, really you only want have... that... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, we both agree. Yeah, you really only have one right bumper open to change out, and they have, what, eight or ten abilities Right. by the end of the game. Yeah, it was frustrating for me, too. Yeah, and then a lot of dead buttons on the controller. I was like, what What are we doing with the Y button? I don't Bring the X and Y into play. (laughs) Let me use them. So another interesting thing about this game for me was that that it has a childlike and whimsical art style, but it is not inherently a children's game. I would say people of any age could play this game, but there is a lot of depth in it that is not told to you, but shown to you. Right, like a Pixar movie, there were some mature references that would fly over the heads of a kid, but that were, you know, funny for adults. Right, well also, so famously in the first one, I'm going to spoil something, but it's an old game, so it's your fault if you're getting spoiled right now. One of the characters who you go into their mind is Mia, who's one of the teachers, 
and her mind is like a party. You're jumping around, you're learning to levitate, there's, you know, music and bright colors. But if you find a secret room and look into her memories, you find out that she used to work at an orphanage and it burned down and all the children died. And it's super dark. Like, even when you're going there, she's like, maybe you don't want to go there, come back to the party. So that was a moment in the first one. And I feel like people talked about it so much that they were like, all right, we can put more of this depth in the second one. Mm -hmm. And they really did. So one of the minds that I really liked personally was Bob's mind. And not just because I like gardening. Right. So Bob as a character is one of the original psychonauts who have seemingly disappeared. And Raz is tasked with tracking them down. He's got to bring the band back together. Yeah, he needs their help. So he goes and tracks them all down and he finds Bob. And I mean, it was pretty overt that he was drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, that he was a drunkard. He was an alcoholic. Yeah. But I found that it was really interesting that they went into like, it was a systemic problem in his family. You know, he they show you his mother and her level is full of bottles too. And, you know, they float to the surface from mm-hmm. this watery grave and like, but nowhere in there are they like, well, he was a drunk and that's why he, you know, isn't in the Psychonauts anymore. Right, but it's a constant leap motif in his mind. I love that. You're climbing each distinct level in his mind. You're climbing into a bottle to access. Yes, exactly. And each level is littered littered with bottles. You're clinking along. You're running along these massive bottles. Right. And he's like, Mom, where are you? And one of them, you know, why won't you you come see me? Right. Uh, So I thought that was really handled in a good way. Yeah. And he's used that drinking to isolate himself. We yeah. find When we find him, he's on a desert island. He's isolated himself with his drinking. Yeah, and he doesn't even garden anymore. He just digs in the dirt. Right. There were beautiful metaphors, I thought, in the game. And that, that stands out. And at no point does the word alcohol or drunk show up. No. It is never spoken. Right. So I thought that was really mature. And I'm sure there were more moments in this game that I missed that probably were like that. So they hide a lot of these things away in people's mental vaults mm-hmm. that you have to track down. Like they are, They're optional. Yeah. Uh, and that was in the first one, like I talked about, Mia's mental vault. Uh, so I missed a lot of them in this game, but I'm sure there was a lot more depth hidden in those. I can't think of any offhand that really stuck out to me. I would like your help parsing the meaning behind one of the early levels. Mm-hmm. The casino turned hospital or rather hospital turned casino level yes. was that a dig at the american healthcare system what do you think that was i couldn't really parse it personally i would guess yeah um i mean another thing that would come to mind would be gambling in terms of healthcare. like sometimes when you go to a hospital they bring it up in percentages mm-hmm. so if she if she spent a lot of time in a hospital system then she would also maybe see a lot of people as numbers. Right. And I think the overarching point they were making was risk management. Yes. So, yeah, I would agree that, that was, there's a lot you could read into, I'm sure. For sure. I'm trying to think of some of the other minds. I mean, there was a lot of good notes of tragedy for me in the game. Yeah. I mean, the main story arc concerns a falling out between lovers. Mm-hmm. And then... The sacrifice that Ford made to keep his his beloved alive. Yeah, and breaking his own mind in the process. Right. I mean, they really do bring up a lot in the game 
that you don't mess with people's minds and well-being. Right. Like you can help people, but you can't make them better. Well, and you know, that's one message that I really loved in this. And that's what I like about well done stories about visualizing people's minds. Mm -hmm. I really loved that the idea always in each level was not to fix the things, but to enable the person in their own mind to come to terms with their demons, to help them confront the things themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. He was a helping hand in all of these situations. But early in the game, even, they make it a plot point that he makes a forced connection in somebody's mind. Right, he's manipulated her mind. And that is like the worst thing you can do to someone. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the game plays on him saying, I understand that I have hit the lowest low that I could possibly could. And I'm going to learn from that and help all of these people in the healthiest way that I can. Yeah. I mean, another thing with Bob was... So he always asks people permission. Could I just jump into your mind for like a minute? And I mean, they're not in great shape usually mentally. Like they're not always fully there. But again, with Bob, he has this um, vine that moves around and checks bottles at you and stuff. Right, a sentient. Yeah. And so he's not paying attention and you ask him, "Could, could I just hop into your mind? And he says, oh, sure, whatever. And you wind up to throw the door on the back of his head, which is how you enter people's mind. There's a tiny little door that you throw on their head. And the vine stops you and gently places the door and opens it for you. And I just, I liked that a lot. That it really was a moment of acceptance. That you're not doing this like sneakily all the time. Yeah. That people are accepting your help. That's a good point. I like that. So yeah, I would say Psychonauts 2 is all about helping people mentally. So I want to talk about one high point for me, the voice acting. Mm, mm-hmm. Loved the voice acting. We mentioned already Invader Zim is in it. Yes, a Go- classic voice actor from Nickelodeon. Gotta look up that guy's name. <laughs> yeah, you do. Put uh, it in the credits. Right. Loved the voice acting. Jack Black shows up about halfway through. Yeah, I was not expecting him. Really excited for that. So he was in Brutal Legend, another Tim Schafer joint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's probably the connection that got him into this. Yeah, they've worked together before. For sure. It's not a huge role, but he, like any like any Jack Black project, he does it with relish and yep. enthusiasm. And he very, brought his all. Very good. As soon as you hear him, even though his voice is filtered through a uh, pretty heavy filter, you know it's Jack Black. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I had a couple minutes where I was like, is that Jack Black? And then I was like, oh, no, that's definitely him. <laughs> well, then they do it even trickier because then they have a character playing Jack Black's brain, but talking in another voice. Yeah. Just that... kind of doing Jack Black's. Yeah. A Jack Black impression. A few smaller cameos. I noticed Spike from Cowboy Bebop showed up. Okay. And did you notice the moth in Bob's bottle level? I mean, I noticed it as a character, but I don't know who it was. Think back. Sonic Adventure 2. That was Tails Prower. I mean, I believe it. Miles Tails Prower. Could not. I mean, yes, the annoying voice does ring something within me. Come on, Sonic! (laughs) Very good. So what's this game worth to you, Steph? Not monetary-wise, but... Is this a helpful game? Is this a game that, uh, if you're going through a tough time, would be a worthwhile pickup? Yeah, I definitely would say that it is. Um, for me, it brought across like a simple type of gaming that it's not very, there's not a lot of pressure on you to 
push forth. You, if you're tired of the story, you can just be like, well, I'll just run around and pick up some collectibles for a while. And I think that's really helpful for me sometimes when I'm like, I'm just tired. <laughs> right. And the collectibles come hot and heavy in this one. There is a lot to collect. Yeah. And of course, it's all optional. I think that's a good point you're making, too. I think there's something about collectathons that's just so gentle and calming in and of themselves. You know, there's not much stress. There's not much pressure. Yeah, collecting the stray thoughts. I loved doing that. I liked the stray thoughts. They're, I mean, they are just objectively a collectathon. That's all they are. Oh, yeah. But it feels really good. They're these little floating fluorescent drawings that are two-dimensional and they just float around in people's minds and you just bump into them and collect them and they make a little chime when you collect them and it just feels good it feels very good what does not feel good is tracking down the tags for the different mental luggage mental baggage that people have yeah i didn't like that and i didn't like that every time you were like in the same room or even vicinity as one raz would go I think I hear something, and I'm like, I hear it too, Raz, and I'm ignoring it as hard as I possibly can. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So that is an old-fashioned game thing that I did not like, where there was like one or two voice lines for a thing that happens a thousand times in the game. Right, and I know we just sang the praises of collectibles, but this game took that to the max and beyond. I think there were a few too many forms of currency in the form of collectibles, and I was never even sure what the mental baggage did besides an achievement. No, I don't I don't think it did anything. The other ones gave you levels, and like they would say, to the next level, you need to collect this many more thoughts. Right, but the mental baggage gives you the best little animation. At a certain point, I was tired of the animation, too. I was like, this isn't worth it. Because it was the exact same animation from the first game. It's true, yeah. It was. There was a lot lifted from the first game. Yeah. Um, I will say that I found the ending almost cathartic. I really did like the ending. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. But the closure of the story, it was very satisfying. I agree. I think cathartic's a good term for it, too. I found the story was what kept me in it. It's pleasant. It's well presented. It kept me playing the whole time. And at the end, that just felt like a really nice wrap-up, a really nice closure to every plot line. Yeah, to a well-wrapped-up story. Yeah. And honestly, it had some twists and turns to it that kept me as interested as a... I thought it was every bit as good as a modern Pixar movie or a Yeah, it had good Dreamworks. mystery. Okay, so play this game if, Steph. I would say if you're looking for a blast from the past. <laughs> Very good synopsis. Uh, If you just want a simple platformer that you can just play. You don't have to invest in. You can just be like, I just want to jump around and collect things. Sometimes I want a game I can beat. That's true, yeah. I I want a game I can play and and feel like I've come to a good conclusion of it and uninstall from my hard drive and say, that was a nice week of gaming. Right, and this isn't a game that you're like, wow, I have 20 hours left to go in this game. You can be, I think I probably beat it in about eight to ten hours. I think that's accurate. I think that's probably a uh, no side mission run. Right. So if you want to go and collect stuff, of course, you can draw that out. But you're saying, I I don't want to get deeply invested and be like, well, I can finish it, but it'll take me another three weeks. Right. And those are the games that I'm likely to put down, say, I'll come back to it, come back to it maybe three months later have no idea what I did the first three hours that I played the game. Right. Think about starting it over, 
and then just shamefully uninstall. Yeah. No, this is definitely a game you can start and finish without too much effort. Right. Also, free on Game Pass for those users that uh, use that service. Yeah. Game Pass is really nice that if you're like, I just need a library to look through, it's great for that. Yeah. We haven't got them to give us any money yet, so we won't talk any more great about Yeah, uh, but we do use Game, Game Pass. Pass for a lot of things. We love it. It's the best. Microsoft, Call expect us. an email. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our episode on Psychonauts 2. I've said all I think I need to say. I've listened to all I want to hear. Thank you. <laughs> I love being heard. Tef, take us away. If you want to know more about Game Therapy, you can visit us at GameTherapy.life or on Twitter at GameTherapyLife. As soon as Steph has posted to our Twitter account and I have gotten off my ass and developed the website. I will have posted. I don't know about you. I, I don't control your I'm life. never going to develop this website. Cool. Please enjoy our currently under construction website. Smooth jazz on a black screen. <laughs> That's what all under construction <laughs> websites should be. <laughs> I think we have to do it now. A little Kenny G for you. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, thanks, Dev. Good talking to you. Bye.